Hello and welcome to the last episode in our Cost of Living podcast series. This week, we have published podcasts about managing your mental health and well-being, a myth-busting food bank interview, and a guided meditation to help de-stress during a difficult time. Now, when we and those around us are struggling with finances, we can find ourselves worrying a lot about our loved ones. So today, in our fifth and final episode of the series, we are looking at some of the big questions around this topic. Should we talk to our kids about finances? How can you and your partner help support one another? And how do I look after myself whilst helping family and friends? Today, I'm being joined by Kerry, who is a psychologist here at Quell. Hi, Kerry. Hello. So, first question. Should I talk to my children about financial difficulties? Yes, I think I think this depends a lot on their age and their context, obviously, and what's going on for you guys with finances. But I think it's a really good idea to start having some of those general conversations around finances from quite a young age with children. And that can be really age appropriate. It can be as simple as um, helping them to decide on a new toy, for example, you know, if they want two things, actually articulating, well, we can only afford one of those today is a really good way to start teaching them that money is not unlimited and that <laughs> we have to make choices and we have to be conscious around our spending. So there's a really age appropriate way with young children. And obviously as kids get older, and they start to maybe have pocket money or they start to have part-time jobs, you can talk to them really openly about how they manage that. Um, when it comes to financial difficulties, that might be a little bit different and you might need to use your judgment as a parent as to where about your, your child is on that spectrum of understanding. I think the thing to be mindful of is that children often pick up on anxieties in the home. And if there are financial difficulties, like there are for lots of people at the moment, they might be aware of that. They'll be seeing things on the news. They'll be hearing conversations around the cost of living crisis as well. So it can be helpful to have some open conversations with them about that if there are difficulties or tensions at home. I would say if you're going to do that, it's really important to make sure that that, again, is age appropriate, that you're not giving them too much information. You're not getting into what if conversations, for example. You may be just keeping it really factual. Like we're a bit concerned about the rising cost of mortgage, for example, at the moment we're going to be talking a bit about it you might hear us have conversations but also reassure the young person that it's nothing for them to worry about there's nothing that they can do to fix it it's not on them to solve the problem um and give them a space to ask any questions as well you know just sort of saying you know do you understand what we mean by this are you concerned about anything and then keep that conversation on the table for them brilliant thank you kerry and second question how can me and my partner support each other through financial stress? Now, this is a big thing, and I think it's probably one of the things that lots of couples talk about as a real stressor for them. <laughs> um, depends, obviously, on your situation. If you if you don't have any shared financial goals in, in your partnership, then that's a bit easier. It might just be around financial support for your partner if they're struggling, helping them to identify when they might need to get extra support if they're really concerned. It's a little bit different, obviously, if you've got shared financial goals. Um, if you're living together, if you share bills, if you share a mortgage, things like that feels quite different. In that case, the first and really important thing to do is get on the same page with those financial goals. Make sure that you're prioritizing the same things and that you're working together. And that might mean that you agree, well, oh, actually we really like our gym membership, for example, but that's not a priority for us at the moment. So we're gonna compromise and we're gonna cut that out for a few months while things are a bit tight. 
two things with that. It means that you're working on the same things, which is always helpful. <laughs> you're working on the same goals. It also avoids resentment building between couples around finances. If one person isn't really pulling the weight for a particular area and they're spending quite a lot extra on other things, <laughs> that can really bubble. And then I would say um, in a more general, a general sphere, it's difficult talking about money. There's often a lot of shame and stigma. When you do have conversations around finances, try as much as possible to do that without any blame or judgment, finger pointing, things like that. Everybody's got a financial history. Get it out on the table and, and deal with it as, as much as you possibly can. The difficulty with blame and judgment around finances is that it tends to push people to be more secretive around their spending. And we know that that can cause bigger problems in the long term. So as easy it might be to try and sort of point score about, oh, will you spend more than me on this and X, Y, and Z? It's not necessarily helpful in the long term. So, so try and do that without judgment and keep that conversation going. Sometimes people think that talking about finances is one big thing that happens and then you don't need to talk about it again for six months. Actually, can you include it in your weekly chat? You know, if you're a couple that does a meal plan, for example, on a Sunday night, can you do a financial plan at the same time? Right, what have we got coming in? What have we got going out? How are we gonna make sure that we don't overspend on our budget this week? And really start to integrate that talk about finances into your day-to-day -day life as a couple, because it will become much more easy and it will become much less secretive and much less shameful then in that, in that sense. Brilliant, thank you. And last question, how can I manage feelings of overwhelm if I'm supporting my own immediate family and other members of my extended family? It's really difficult when you're feeling the pressure, especially if you feel very responsible for your family and the people around you. It's really easy to do the ostrich thing, stick your head in the sand when it comes to money and just not think about it or not talk about it. Again, we know that makes things worse in the long run and it can really increase that feeling of feeling overwhelmed. So talk about it, talk to anybody that feels comfortable. If that's your partner, fantastic. Get everything out in the open that you feel you can do. If you're concerned that everything's falling to you, talk to them about anything that could be shared out even if it's just in the short term can they help you out with with a, with some of that for example um you might want to get advice from trusted friends sometimes it helps to have someone sort of outside your immediate family who isn't under the stress that you might be to do that um and also look to independent sources of advice as well so things like citizens advice bureau or the money advice service can be really good just for helping you to be aware of your options it can be quite empowering to know oh actually there are other ways out of this situation and there are other things that perhaps I haven't considered as an option. Um, and I think also really importantly, if you are supporting family members that are struggling with their finances, particularly if that's sort of extended family members, it's really important to have a real hard look at your own boundaries around your finances in this situation because you might find yourself in a situation where an extended family member wants to borrow money and actually you've got to be really honest with yourself in those circumstances of, you know, if I do this, if I lend this this money to my family member, how would I feel if I don't get that back, for example? Can I afford to lose that? And it's that age old saying about adjusting your own oxygen mask before you help somebody else with theirs. Exactly the same applies to finances. There's no sense in getting yourself in a really difficult financial position to try and help somebody out. Um, it, it, it's going to just cause stress and resentment in those relationships in the long run so have a real hard look at your own boundaries around that before you make any big decisions around finances brilliant Kerry. well that, that's the end of the question so uh thank you very much for joining us today no problem thank you for having me it's nice to speak about it so 
We've come to the end of our cost of living podcast series, but that doesn't mean we're done with the conversation. If Quell is available in your area, you can visit quell.io for more information. That's Q-W-E-L-L dot I-O. You can head over to our cost of living discussion board page there, where you can chat to other users. Or check out our magazine, which is full of staff and user articles. And if you need any help, you can always message a member of our team. Or join the chat queue during our opening hours, which are 12 till 10pm Monday to Friday, and 6 till 10pm Saturday and Sunday. You can also check out the description for this podcast for further information on what support might be available for you. And remember, contact your GP or local mental health service if you feel like you need further support. Take care and we'll see you again soon. Bye.